Archie. A Riverdale recap podcast, and we are here talking about Chapter 42, The Man in Black, by Janine Salinas Schoenberg, directed by Alex Pillai. Ooh. And it is one of my favorite kinds of episodes. Where they break the mold their the, normal way. The anthology episode. Yeah. I guess an average of every 21 episodes now yeah. this happened. So, yeah, we, we have three separate segments. Yes. That... All very distinct. Or one of them very distinct, and the other two uh, a bit less so. Well, two of them are a bit more distinct. Well, then that would leave the third behind, making them all distinct. Whoa, did I just blow your mind? Well, we'll see what we think's distinct. <laughs> uh, so, well, first I apologize, because I have a cold. So words are going to come out bad. (laughs) (laughs) So we open with Archie and Jughead and a little little thing that says Archie and Jughead. In like a a typewriter font. Yeah. Yeah. So Archie and Jughead, we find out, have been walking for days. We see a train behind them and now they're walking down a road by like farms and stuff. Jughead finds this random phone booth next to a cornfield. Mm-hmm. Because those exist. And tries to call Betty, but there's no answer. He leaves a nice little message and says, goodbye, I love you. So it's good to know that uh, Jughead is listening to Autonomic. Is that a podcast? It is. Okay. Three people listening to this episode are loving that. And uh, Archie's like, oh, Jughead, you should go back. I'll be fine. I can take care of myself. You should make sure Betty's okay. And Jughead's just like, dude, Betty took down a serial killer. You can't go five minutes without getting kidnapped or your ass kicked. No. (laughs) Yeah, Archie would probably look up in a rainstorm and drown. That's, (laughs) That's, I think, where we're at. So then uh, Jughead's like, okay, we should like, keep on before it gets too late. And Archie's like, wait, there's this farm. We should go check out this farm. And Jughead's like, no, no. we shouldn't. Yes, we should. Uh, so, of course, they have to go check out the farm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Jughead's right. They shouldn't have because <laughs> then they get a shotgun to their head that's held by like a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah. Some, some tween named Gracie and her older sister, Lori. They're all like, you're trespassing. Of course, they're like, oh, no, no, don't worry. Jughead calls himself Cal and says that Archie is Biff. Yes. Because someone still names their kid Biff. They're from Centerville. They were robbed on the train and they're they're just trying to make their way. Mm -hmm. Lori makes Gracie put down the gun and she's like, I don't believe this shit, but fine, (laughs) you can have some stew. (laughs) course they have to inquire they're like so this is really big farm Mm -hmm. while they're eating their stew where where Where, peeps at? where is everyone where's your daddy i find out that the men in town are at a job down river Mm -hmm. you know you could stay the night in the barn don't come into the house and you could help us with some farm chores tomorrow Mm -hmm. to pay us back for the stew (laughs) and so then they're up in their barn jughead's like okay so we leave. 
first thing in the morning because this place is weird <laughs> and i'll trust this and archie's like no i think we should just like stay uh is like no like where is everyone and they're probably lying to us well we're lying to them oh hey lacy how's it going Lori. hey Lori, how's it going <laughs> And uh, Lori Lake is a character uh, owned by Archie Comics. Uh-huh. Uh, she's the girlfriend of Wilbur Wilkins in, in his stories. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh... So eat it. I don't know. I just want to be mean to, to Wilbur fans. Yeah. So uh, Lori brings up some blankets. Uh, Jughead watches as Archie and her make sweet eyes at each other. Very sweet eyes. And it's just like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Come on, we've got five days. <laughs> Chill out. I know. Archie's a newly single man. He's out on the town. He's footloose and fancy free. He's one step from buying a gold chain and wearing like a leisure suit with, with nothing under the coat. Just his hairy chest. I, I feel like, so so in Doctor Who, anytime yeah. Captain Jack's like, hello. My name's Captain Jack Harkness, and he's all like, no, stop it. And who are you? Martha Jones. <laughs> nice to meet you, Martha Jones. Oh, don't stop. I was only saying hello. I don't mind. Yeah. That's what this is. You're making sweet eyes. Stop it. No, don't look at her. Don't look at anyone. Just close your eyes. Walk around with a blindfold. Yeah, we're, we're in a barn. There has to be some <laughs> horse blinders around here somewhere. Archie needs horse blinders. <laughs> So then, uh, the next morning, shirtless, ab-encrusted, sweaty Archie is moving some hay. They're trying to move incognito, right? Yep. I mean, never mind his his identifying shoulder tattoo. His his abs are instantly recognizable. Yeah. Th- this is canon. It has been said. <laughs> there they are, out in the open, and Archie's just living his best ab-exposed, hay-bale-moving life. Lori could describe his torso to, to a police sketch artist, and Hiram would find them. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Jughead's just like, goodness gracious. <laughs> Put a shirt on, dude. Gonna go to town, take some pictures. Why? Oh. Uh, Everybody needs a hobby. I think, I think he just needs to get away from, like, the sexual tension of the farm. The what now? Farm. <laughs> Is, okay. It's, I have a cold! I can't say farm! Why are you laughing at me? It's cute. I, I love the sexual tension of the farm. <laughs> My face hurts. I went through a whole box of tissues today. So Jughead goes to town. He's taking his pictures, very artistic. And what should he find but Gargoyle King runes among all of the, the uh, Rust Belt decay in this town with its 40s to 50s era pickup trucks. Yes. And rust in every shade. There's no one around. There's no people except for this one lone grandma sitting in an abandoned gas station. Yeah. And like, hey, notice these symbols look a lot newer than everything else. What? What's going on? And she knows everything about the illicit drug trade. She's like, well, this town wasn't always like this. First it was the Jingle Jangle. Now it's the Fizzle Rocks. And he's like, Fizzle Rocks? You mean like the candy I ate as a kid? Well, yeah, but now they put drugs in it. (laughs) 
Which does sound like a, an email you'd get from your uncle after it's forwarded eight times. <laughs> and, and the symbols started showing up the same time the Fizzle Rocks did. So we, we've talked before about how these Riverdale designer drugs are always described as being very dangerous, but they seem to have no physical downsides. It's only infrastructure. Yeah. Like they, they don't attack the body. They attack the town. All, all of this fear is just for like the homeowners association and, and property values. Yeah. It all makes sense. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, back at the farm, Archie is getting a straight edge shave from farm girl. Yep. She is straight edge. She has the, the Sharpie X on the back or, of her what, hand. What do you call it? Love CM Punk. What do you call it? Straight razor. Straight razor. Uh, close enough. <laughs> and it's very sexual. They always try. They, they always try. More, I'm, I'm more Demon Barber or Fleet Street. Like, gonna like slip. Lots of blood. <laughs> so often in, in movies and shows they try to make the, the shave, this intimate, erotically charged act. And it's not. It's just not. It's really Please not. stop trying. I've never thought, you know what would be really, like, I don't know, arousing? Having someone shave my leg. No. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I would not trust someone with a blade to my leg. Honey, I, I'm, I'm a little scraggly and also kind of horny. Could you come in here? That's never happened. First off, it's just weird. <laughs> Second, I don't understand that trust. I don't have that trust. Mm -hmm. I'll have that trust with you. I'll have that trust with anyone in my life to be like, hey, take this really sharp blade to a part of my body. I do like it. Because you know what? It. Someone's going to sneeze and then things are going to go bad. I do like it because it makes every old-timey barbershop now incredibly gay. Like, if that's <laughs> the lens we look at shaves through, what was going on at Floyd's? Hi, Marty. I know you listen. I Fun times. <laughs> There's a really, like, pompous-looking shave shop on my way to work. Mm-hmm. It just looks like there should be a barbershop quartet in there. Every barbershop quartet now, through this lens, is just a big old gangbang waiting to happen. Explains so much. <laughs> That's why they're so happy. Uh, so, of course, uh, she climbs on Archie's lap. Mm -hmm. And they have a smooch with a razor blade that's way too close to his neck when they're not paying attention. <laughs> uh, but then he's all like, oh. I can't do this. There's a girl. And I'm like, dude, she has a freaking knife in her hand. <laughs> you have some balls now. Well, for now. Uh, but this is the point where I started writing a note that, oh man, Archie does not understand a low profile at all. And by the time I finish with that sentence, he's come clean with his actual name. That he's running from Hiram Lodge. What, that he came from Riverdale. <laughs> Every single thing fucking thing about his life he just told this girl that he's known for 12 fucking hours <laughs> he, he uh, opens his wallet to give away his social security card he offers to go get fingerprinted <laughs> I'm like dude that woman just opened 10 credit cards in your name would you like Sheriff Minetta's cell phone number <laughs> I, I have that in memory you know I want to give Archie like the benefit of the doubt, but then he does shit like that. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, someone slap that child. <gasps> Put him in a corner for timeout. He talked to a stranger and did bad. 
Meanwhile, Jug's in town, taking more pictures, and he comes across a giant Gargoyle King mural that he somehow missed. And right next to it is a group of other tweens and young teens playing G&G. On the back of a pickup truck. This game that we were told is is somehow blood-bound to Riverdale, but... Well, well, they're eating their fizzle rocks. Yeah. And he's all like, oh, hey, I'm a game master. What's going on? And they ask him what level he is, and he says three, which I know is supposed to be impressive in this game, but it just sounds it's so like bad. Almost four. <laughs> yeah. Find out that the these these teens who are all girls that their older brothers used to play before they left town, because the men all left to build a prison and to also make fizzle rocks in the basement of this half-built prison, and they work for the man in black. Johnny Cash. Then they find out where Jughead is staying, and they're like, oh, we know her. She acts better than us. They're they're not a big fan of young Gracie. Not at all. She doesn't play G&G. She's too cool to Uh, get high with her friends. So back at the farm... The girl makes him some eggs, and Archie acts like he just made, like she just made him like a five course meal. Maybe we're coming at this from the wrong angle. Archie lives such a simple life because he is a hobbit. <laughs> He's a hobbit. He's like, and yes. he loves second breakfast. It was second breakfast, actually. Yeah, because he already he told Drughead he missed the bacon and eggs. Yeah, yeah. Um, She's appealing to him through through like shared shared cultural identity. So, so well, like, after she had scooped the eggs out from her cast iron frying pan, I was like, mm, cast iron frying pans are never a good sign in a TV show. They're a great sign in a kitchen, though. But I'm like, no, nah, I'm probably reading too much into this. Like, no, there's no reason that, like, that's suspicious. Nope, it was suspicious. She totally knocked him the fuck out. On the back of the head with her frying pan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the live action remake of Tangled is not what I was expecting. (laughs) Came a lot faster than anybody could have predicted. And yeah, so Archie's out. Jughead uh, rushes back to the farm. Mm -hmm. Not Uh, the farm, but the farm. This farm. farm And sneaks back in because he knows something's up when they're talking about like... The man in black and mm. stuff and like that who, the girls know who this. Who does drugs and prisons? I know a guy who wears black all the time yeah. and drives a black car. So he gets there and he sees a black car. And I'm like, dang, in however many days it's been, you have not gotten very far from Riverdale. <laughs> Hiram Lodge got there in what, an hour? Yeah, so, so uh, Hiram Lodge <laughs> climbs out, walks up the front stairs as... This is how, like, pop, pop, pop the pace is uh, in this episode. They're still doing the actor's credits on the bottom of the screen. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as Hiram comes out, you see Mark Consuelos' credit at the same time, and I love that shit. Yeah. Every time it happens, it's great. Like like the the opening credits to The Shape of Water. Yeah. Uh, when the the neighbor is like narrating his his fairy tale business, and he talks about the monster, is when Michael Shannon's name comes on the screen. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really good. Exact same in this episode. Archie's tied up in the barn, and Jughead finds him. 
he he feels Archie and that, well, Lori's dad and brother work for Hiram, mm-hmm. and Hiram must own the whole town, so we gotta get out of here. And Which- Archie's like, no, we gotta stay and fight. Come on, this is our only chance. Let me find what's in the barn. Ooh, look, there's some shears. Ooh, there's a spade. Okay, uh, some rope. We can totally kill Hiram. By the way, Hiram's got guns. <laughs> They all have guns! Everyone has guns. they all have guns! Jughead is telling you, they all have guns! You are outnumbered! And he's like, no, we can do this! I got, I don't know, some horse manure! This will work! Well, yeah, if you had time and some (laughs) other ingredients, you could make a bomb out of that. You could! And he's like, I can do this! I can kill him! I can end it once and for all! Jughead's just like... Okay, yeah, you could kill him, but I don't think we should do that now. And also, <laughs> will Veronica ever forgive you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because she doesn't like her dad doesn't mean she wants you to kill her dad. Yeah. Yet? Leave it on the table. We find out that Lori uh, has called Hiram and has made a deal to exchange him for her brother and father who have a debt that they owe to Hiram, which is why mm-hmm. they're off working. Yeah. And so she leads him to the barn, and when they open the barn, Archie's gone. Mm-hmm. And Hiram's like, what's this? <laughs> uh, and Archie and Jughead are running through the field, like very Oh Brother Where Art Thou style. Mm-hmm. They do try to seek someone versed in the metallurgical arts. Uh, and so then they, we catch up with them a while later, and we find out, okay, they have now slowed down to a walk. They're like, oh, we got away. And I'm like, are you sure? Because Hiram Lodge can apparently cover five days of travel in an hour, well, and may- you're on a main road. He, he might have flown somewhere and rented a black car. Still, it was like an hour. Jughead was not gone that long. Well, that's what happens when you let Archie pick which trains to jump onto. Yeah. They just went back and forth. They're five miles out of town. Yeah. So they're all like, okay. Archie's like, well, what's the plan? What are we going to do? Jughead's like, we're going to go see my mom. ba 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 So then we move on to part two, which is where we join Veronica. Veronica is at the Pembroke, furiously packing, but not like too furious. She's like controlled, you know. Yeah. She's Veronica Lodge. Uh, and Hermione comes in and is all like, you can't go running off after Archie. She's like, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm moving out. The The sheriff goes missing, of course, now when mm-hmm. he's up for charges. And th- this is all just like dad's plan. I'm getting out of here. She she accuses her dad of murdering Sheriff Minetta to, to tie up loose ends and, and even implies that Hermione might be in on it. Yeah, because Hermione's like, well, he had lots of enemies. <laughs> like you, mother? Mm-hmm. And so Veronica's like, I'm leaving while I can, and maybe you should too. And so she moves into the speakeasy in yeah. the basement of Pops. Even when Veronica is homeless, it's all like red leather and crushed velvet. Yeah, well, she's sleeping like <laughs> in the booth with yeah. like, I don't know, a curtain wrapped around her or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the next morning she wakes up nice and early. She gets to work upstairs before Pop gets there. So that way he doesn't know, I guess, that she's sleeping in the basement. He probably sleeps in the kitchen for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, go about their day and then it's, I guess, the afternoon and or evening and the high school kids are playing G&G in the speakeasy. There and- are four customers, <laughs> the only people interested in Les Bonnes Nuits. Reggie's there. He and Veronica have a little chat about how 
the finances aren't great. They're scraping by. They're steadily scraping by. So they need a side hustle. And Veronica, you know what might have better margins than serving $5 mocktails? Real alcohol. Yes. Just get your liquor license and hire someone older than you. Wasn't FP supposed to run it? Yeah. Where's he, FP? Give that man a job. Booking acts. Where is he? Where are your acts? You've only had Josie perform. Right? So, no, they decide a one night casino night. Because what does every CWWB show need? A casino night. That's what <laughs> I learned from the OC many years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Know your roots, kids. Yep. Casino night. Teen dramas were invented by the OC. <laughs> I really do feel like it revitalized a certain type of teen drama. No, no. The, the OC <laughs> comparison is definitely a bonus episode we're doing probably over the summer in between seasons again, but it, we're going to do it. But in order to start a casino night, she needs a casino ringer, someone with expertise in the field. So she calls up her good old semi-criminal friend, Elio. And uh, they have negotiations on how much each other will take from the night Mm -hmm. and uh apparently she took out a second mortgage against pops and i'm like what What the fuck fuck? what the you cannot pretend to be a savvy businessman and then put your your entire you can't take out a mortgage for a one-night promotional event you can't do it i don't know who i find stupider this episode archie or veronica (laughs) what you're going to be paying that off for what eight years at least you can't do that yeah Th- this has got to be like her fifth mortgage how many times can the one bank own one restaurant how can she take out a mortgage herself well she used to be a one-third stakeholder in lodge industries yeah but like she needs a co-signer on that shit pop tate pop tate would not let that shit go down his eyesight is not what it used to be she tricked him didn't she she did she's her her parents daughter <sighs> motherfucker so Hiram visits visits her at the like coffee counter mm-hmm. and I was all like oh, I know you're struggling since Archie abandoned you <laughs> such good framing I I do love I do love Hiram and I I hear you're having this casino night but with criminals our friends are criminals he says he heard it through the grapevine which means Veronica is also garbage at marketing yes you how are you going to make money off the rubes if you don't invite the rubes? Yeah. And he's all like, well, we'll welcome you back home because we're family. We'll welcome you back with open arms. Just come home. She's like, no, no, I don't want to go away. You're you're a very evil man. So it's casino night. And Reggie has the best pants I've ever it's seen. Incredible pants. He's wearing his co- whole outfit. But those pants. He's like waist pants. up tuxedo. But like waist. giant ass bow tie. Oh, like yeah. like Minnie Mouse's bow bow tie. <laughs> you know what he's doing? He's doing Patrick Troughton cosplay. I think Reggie is a huge fan of the second yeah. doctor. Absolutely. He's doing like he doctor was, bounding instead of like was, Disney bounding. He's trying to like do it under the radar so no one knows. He was in theaters for when they did that that Power of the Daleks uh, uh, animated reconstruction event. We were. Yeah. Yeah. The Macro Terror just got announced. I don't know if they're going to do that in theaters or not. Ooh. It's only a four-parter, this oh. one, dear. Reggie lets Veronica know that her buddy Elio is um, going to break them. 
Yeah. Because he's on a streak. He's had an incredible streak of luck at the blackjack table. And uh, he's probably cheating. And hey, you want me to beat him up? (laughs) Reggie's just like, I'm ready. Ready to go. Who should I beat up? These are my beating people pants. They're they're so loud and plaid. I don't care if there's blood on them. Well, I think what he really wants, so they're like, they're black and white plaid. I think what he really wants is some red in there. Yeah, like yeah. He wants them to be even flashier. So he's like, I'll just dye them in the blood of my enemy. He, he's got constructivist pants, but he wants a little abstract expressionism in him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So Veronica goes over... And is all like, okay, well, you should cash out while you can. Mm-hmm. He's all like, what you talking about? A few other like things back and forth. And then she joins the game. But before she does, she sees him win one more hand. And yes. this is the most bizarre thing in the episode to me, if you're looking closely. Yeah. Because uh, Elio has hit Blackjack on the deal, right? He's got a 10 and an ace. Yeah. He does not react. No one cheers at all until the dealer busts. He already won. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it could go to a push, but still. Yeah. It makes no sense. So she joins the game and she's like, okay, uh, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play one hand. Winner takes all. Here's the deed to pops. Oh, <sighs> The thing is, if he won that, he would be losing because there are a dozen mortgages out on this place. Yeah, this is true. It's not worth it, Elio. Run. He's all like, well, you'll always be welcome at my speakeasy. I'll name it Veronica. They they play and she wins. And he's all like, that's impossible. She's like, why? The house always wins. She doesn't just win. She wins in the most impossible way, right? Yeah. Elio gets dealt to 20. Veronica gets Delta 19. Uh-huh. He's already gloating. He's thinking he's won. Because by all rights, he has. Veronica uh, asks uh, for another card. Calm, cool, collected. Gets the two. The only thing she could have done to win. And of course, she she got it. She wins. Whole place goes wild. Because it's a, like one in a million shot. Not actually. I mean, there are four twos in a deck, etc. But it's incredible. Yes. Yeah, they're basking, Reggie and her are basking in all the money after this. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, whoa, that was amazing. And she's like, oh, well, you want to know my secret? <laughs> and apparently a couple hours before, uh, Hiram summoned her and was all like, so my friends warned me about Elio and uh, he's got a plan and he's going to be cheating and you need to beat him at his own game and here's what you need to do. You need to hire this dealer named Johnny Goldwater. Which is such a pull. I'm so happy. It's such a mob name. It's a mob name, but also John Goldwater was one of the founders of MLJ Comics, the company that became Archie, and the father of the second CEO and current and third CEO. But also such a mob name. The Goldwater Boys. So she does. That's yeah. She brings a dealer in and she gives a secret sim- signal and he deals her the correct cards. He's a blackjack dealer. He knows she needs a two. Yes. I don't know why she needs a signal. In case she doesn't want to do it? I don't Is know. Is there a second signal for actually I'm tired of owning this place? Let him, <laughs> let him win. Uh, also, like, I, I love that, you know, Veronica has, of course nerves of steel uh, asking for for, uh, this hit. But it's a one-hand game 
There's literally nothing else she could do to win. Yeah. <laughs> like, if she doesn't ask for a card, she loses. If she busts, she loses. Like, it's, it's no different. So, the next morning, uh, up in Pops, Pops is there, and he's like, You know, Veronica, this place has been in my family for generations. Stare down. <laughs> Crime free! That's not true. You are robbed. They shot Fred. But she's all like, oh, I, you know, I had to, and it's fine. Like, things worked out. And he's like, just don't be like your father. And she's all like, well, you know, deep down, I think there's a good part of him. Mm-hmm, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. obviously, you haven't heard the news. The sheriff, or at least who they think is the sheriff, was found in the marsh without a head and no hands, so they can't be sure. <laughs> Turns out it was just uh, the uncle or whoever from Winter's Bone. You mean the father? Yeah, that's the one. Because the uncle's father. Well, no, he killed him just like his brother. No, it's the uncle's turn to, liked... to die. He was in everything for a short period yeah, of time. Yeah, I really like him. Uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene, same yeah. guy. I love that guy. Well, he was in something else where he didn't look anything like what he looked like <laughs> in those, and it blew my freaking mind. <laughs> that's right. And I don't remember what it was, but it like, Teardrop? Was that his name? Yes, Teardrop. In, in Winter's Bonus. Yeah. John Hawks. Yeah, he was, was in something. Was it Lincoln <laughs> that you're thinking uh, of? Because we all know everyone was in Lincoln. Everyone. everyone was in Lincoln. Oh yeah, he was in Lost. So now we get to part three. Part three. Betty. Betty. At the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And while uh, Veronica's segment had no narration whatsoever. It was, it was very like traditional episode style jughead and archie's had opening and closing narration from jughead yes we we didn't mention it but i do like his his opening statement about how you you might think they were brothers and in a way they were yeah yeah that's the jughead i know but this one is entirely narrated we we are getting betty's internal monologue yes throughout the entire story so like the first thing she says basically is Make them think you're sane. <laughs> I love this because, like, it is easy to to read Betty's performance as someone who th- believes she is nuts, yeah, and is trying her hardest to to put on a brave face, especially uh, in you know when when dark Betty is ascendant, yeah, right. But I, I love to have that confirmation. I love to see to to really bring that through, especially in this place that is for the 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 people having troubles. She is getting shown some Rorschach mm-hmm. drawing or not drawings, Rorschach pieces. What yes. Do you, what do you? Blots. Blots. Ink blots. Ink blots. Everyone she's seen, we're hearing her what she's thinking she mm-hmm. sees, which is the exact opposite of what she's saying she's seen. Right. So. What she thinks she sees the, well, she does see the, the shady man's body in one. But says it's a it's a teddy bear with a bow tie. Yeah. And she sees the, the black hood and says it's a butterfly, a monarch. She sees the gargoyle king and she says, oh, it reminds me of the playground at Riverdale Elementary. Yeah, we're, we're so close to speaking of Rorschach just being the a pretty butterfly, some nice flowers bit. So close. And, and during all this, she's getting also little things like... Remember to smile, Betty, like in her mm-hmm, brain, like mm-hmm. put on the perfect appearance. While she's uh, once again digging her fingernails into her palms. Yes. And so then she's in line 
for for medicine, but it's actually uh, the sister saying it's time for your candy, mm-hmm. and every patient gets candy for good behavior, and it's fizzle rocks in a cup. <laughs> Betty takes hers and is paying attention to all these files they have of everyone, including her. I was wondering what's in them files. And that, you know, her mom sent her there thinking she'd be safe, but really she was sent into the belly of the beast of the Gargoyle King. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Ethel moves in and is now her roommate. Ethel is so happy to have an officially designated friend. They're going to be besties. They're going to be each other's maid of honor. They're, they're going to go to Cabo just for fun. Uh, no, no, Ethel's going to do a cruise. She wants to do a cruise. Yeah. And Ethel also lets her know, well, they thought you could use someone who who uh, knows what it's the way around here, knows what it's like being here. But uh, the best part of the scene is Ethel hanging up her warrior I board. I love her warrior board. <laughs> her warrior board. She's filled this this big cork board with all of her, her dearest dreams and desires it's and aspirations. Pink. And the the centerpiece is she wants to marry the Gargoyle King. Yes. <laughs> and we find out that she has been having wonderful conversations with the Gargoyle King. Uh-huh. They've been co- become very close since she's been there. <laughs> and Betty's like, well, can you introduce me? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, only the sister can take you there. I can't tell you anything. Well, you would tell Jughead. Ethel digs into her well. Betty, I think it's time that I tell you. I I don't think Jughead's into you anymore. <laughs> Things got very hot and heavy down in the sex hole. Uh, and I love Betty's head monologue here. This psycho bitch. <laughs> and Ethel continues to tell her that she's the queen bee here. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, that Betty has to change her attitude if she's going to survive. But Jughead is... is... Trying to get into those mugs. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the girls are now outside doing uh, some plant work. Mm-hmm. Planting some Some landscaping. Some yeah. And uh, there's a maple syrup delivery that comes with Claudius, but Betty's like, they don't serve maple syrup here. Which seems against the law in this town. You would think. You would think. So then Hiram shows up. Betty talks to unnamed other girl. Yeah, I like this other girl. I hope this other girl gets some more lines, maybe a name. Turn, yeah. Turns out to be some, like, C-list character from Millie the Model. I yeah. don't know. She's like, oh, that's the man in black. He's an angel donor that helps the sisters with whatever they need. Ain't that nice. This episode could be named Hiram's Very Busy Weekend. <laughs> he is racking up the mileage. Yeah, yeah. Back inside, uh, Betty tries to body slam every door open <laughs> while she sneaks around. Very stealthy. Good chunk, good chunk, good chunk. Uh, and then in the middle of this 1940s era building, she finds a medieval castle <laughs> and figures, oh, that's, that must be where the Gargoyle King lives. And then she hears a scream and she's like, oh, yeah, that's yep, where he lives. That, yeah, I got it. So so she hides, and she sees a very freaked out girl come out of there with one of the sisters, and mm-hmm. she tries to go back to the door, but Ethel finds her, and is like, Ethel, or she's like, Betty, it's time to go back to bed. Uh, Betty plays it off like, oh, I was just trying to get a thing for one of the sisters. Ethel's like, no, 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 no. Come on. In the, like, 
common area. Betty's internal monologue is just act normal, act normal. Uh, but she's looking around. She's like, I need a pin or a bobby pin or a paper clip. And she finds just that. Mm-hmm. She's trying to sneak out, but Ethel's like, oh, Betty, come play G&G with us. And the whole time I was thinking, wow, it's weird. This is the only place we haven't seen people playing G&G. There it is. There it is. Right when I thought that. And Betty's like, oh, no, no. I thought you were my friend, Betty. <laughs> and so then so Betty decides. Betty gets a little light Fine, bulb. bitch. Yeah. So you want to be friends, Ethel? Real friends don't kiss other friends' boyfriends. Uh, and this is what Ethel lets us know. Well, the, gar- the Gargoyle King wants her and Jughead to be together. <laughs> and Betty says it, Ethelhead. Yeah, which is bad. It's, it's very, very bad. bad. Obviously, their ship name should be Methhead. Methhead? Yeah, the M stands for mugs. Mugs, mugs comma Ethel Jughead Methhead. Yeah. Yes. I don't like name portmanteaus no, no. when they just sound bad. Jugs. <laughs> I think we said that before. I like jugs. I think we said that in season one. Okay. Can can we just get a, a clean take on that? I like jugs. All right. There's a ringtone. <laughs> You're going to have that be your ringtone? No. <laughs> For your work phone? <laughs> I like jugs. <laughs> and we'll spell it with two Gs, too. Obviously. That's how you know J-U-G-G-A, it's the- J-U-G-G-A, yeah. That's how it doesn't get banned on Facebook or Tumblr. The internet's falling apart, people. Uh, but Betty, uh, uh, phase two of this plan comes into effect as, as this uh, fight reaches a fever pitch. And, no- and yeah. It- you might call it a seizure pitch. She begins to shake and collapse. Yes. So then she is taken to the infirmary where in her, her head she's like, yes, they bought it. They thought I actually had a seizure. And I was like, dang, you good at that. <laughs> Uh, she has had practice. So then the sisters leave and Betty uh, flies out of bed and she finds the locked file cabinet and she picks it and inside she finds her file mm-hmm. with uh, all these lists of different dosage dosages she's getting. And her, her dosage and the, the tears that get stepped up after the first week mm-hmm. are uh, under the instructions of one H.L. <gasps> Hiram Lodge's lab rats is what they are. Uh, so then she she's like, okay, I got my evidence. I've researched stuff. Now I'm going to take off through the basement to the, the, the door. The secret door that uh, Veronica told her about from the, the Tony rescue. And she finds it, but it has been bricked up. Mm-hmm. And she starts freaking out. Just as the cavalry comes to call, this this head sister in charge of her therapy and discipline and Ethel and a pair of very muscular orderlies. And they grab her and they tell her that she hasn't taken her candy. And then they force <laughs> feed fizzle rocks. And that's the weirdest way to suffocate, right? Like popping in your larynx. Yeah. Ah. So Ethel starts saying, my king, my savior, guide me through the night, gift me with your darkness, bless me with your flight. As Betty's choking on fizzle rocks. <laughs> and then Betty is taken to to the castle part of the building where mm-hmm. the chamber is. 
and she is told that she needs uh, to talk to the Gargoyle King. And she's thrown in, and the door shuts behind her, and she's in total darkness. And now I'm wondering exactly what is the theology of this particular branch of nuns? What What's their catechism? What's a, a mass look like in this place? Fucked up. What saint signed off on this? So then we think that's the end of the episode, but it's not. Because then we see Betty uh, awake, but definitely drugged up, looking at the ink block, ink blot drawings, mm-hmm. not drawings, ink blot images, and they're like, "Tell us what you see." And this time she says what she sees: the dead, dead body. body, black hood, gargoyle king, and then she sees the gargoyle king behind the sister, and. These inkblot tests seem very unfair. Because the dead body one is just a gingerbread man without arms. The Black Hood is, is Spider-Man. Is Spider-Man. Like, what else are you supposed to see? Yeah. And the, the Gargoyle King one is the Gargoyle King. It looks like nothing but the Gargoyle yeah. King. I don't know how you're getting, like, a, a jungle gym out of this, Betty. I understand that's the best you could think of, but... So then, when she sees the Gargoyle King behind the sister, she says what Ethel said. The same prayer. My king, my savior, guide me through the night, gift me with your darkness, bless me with your flight. That's the end of the episode, folks. That's it. So, darling, what did you think about this episode? You mean chapter 42, The Man in Black? Yes. This was a pretty great episode. Liked it a lot. I enjoyed... The, like, focus here, focus here, focus here. It, it was nice to, like, spend time Yes. in it without, like, flashing around too much. And, okay, so my big problem last week, yeah. as we all know, was about Joaquin. And I was like, okay, if they don't fucking deal with this, That's you're true. pissed. They did fail to do the thing. They we- didn't deal with it. But I'm not as pissed off. As I thought I'd be, because we dealt with these very secluded right. moments. There was the, not dealing with the other characters. There was not dealing with the other serpents. Not dealing with Kevin. Right. The the only character who could have reacted was Veronica, and they weren't exactly close ever. Or or Jughead dealing with it more, but Jughead could have, but he's his plate was a little full. He was trying to make sure Archie wasn't an idiot. Like and I gave him a pass. I I think they're. Uh, going along with what I said was that, you know, his road trip is him dealing with Joaquin. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to save someone when he couldn't save someone else, which is why he's also so desperate about this. Mm -hmm. So I give them a pass this episode with not dealing with it. You get one more week and we're coming down on you. Because there wasn't a situation to deal with it. Yeah. And like the Veronica Reggie thing, I'm like, okay, maybe they haven't heard mm-hmm. maybe they actually don't know because <laughs> it had to have been you know jughead or the serpents to tell her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. still a little annoyed but <laughs> because of how this episode like if this episode would have been structured any other way or been dealing with any more characters it would have been a huge problem yes but the big thing is, is like i well yeah i mean it would have had to have come from like sweet pea or fangs because no one else knows that they got Joaquin. <laughs> yeah. They don't even know that they, like, caught him or found mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. 
I definitely agree that that is a strength of the episode. It's it's focus on uh, having three complete stories and siloing them so that they can depend on their own uh, uh, emotional mood instead of having to maintain it across parallel tracks, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is something that makes the, the usual format so much trickier. Yeah. And why sometimes things fall flat for me, especially in the beginning of season two. I talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Just listen to those episodes again. They're good. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they still just better deal with this at some point. I mean, nothing as weird as Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> but I, I also appreciate uh, them building Hiram back up as this very powerful, very scary figure. Yeah. Uh, something that I, I think he lost when everything he was doing is just talking to Archie by a fireplace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it is hard to see a way for anyone to succeed against him. I mean, like, Betty's story, my favorite of, of these three. And I especially love how being in her head just showed her, her like, indefatigable drive, her passion, like, she is a freight train. She is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. She's scary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you do not want to be on Betty's bad side. But, like, no, he's got her locked in a tight little box with a bow. Even so. Like, no, what, what you going to do? Yeah. Brick wall, drugs in your brain, you're fucking done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. I enjoyed it. I did just <laughs> enjoy it. Which I was not anticipating considering where we left off a week ago (laughs) if i feel like if there would have been one more character involved i would have been furious yeah like how are we not talking about this (laughs) but i'm like okay fine reggie doesn't hang out with the serpents he wouldn't know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so so like i feel like what we were talking about like at the beginning of the episode that veronica's was like the truest to like regular riverdale yes betty's obviously not Betty's was the most out there different. Yes. I feel like but maybe Archie that's and, the truest to Riverdale. Mm. I feel like the Archie Jughead one is somewhere in the middle. Like it's very subtly different. Yeah. yeah. With like shots. Yes. How it's filmed. Like um, in angles and, and wide pan like wide zoomed out shots and stuff. Yeah, there there's uh immediately and, like, after the phone call, there's that big Sort of like postcard panorama with them as tiny people walking in the corner. Yeah, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of that even when it's not that panned out, where it's still like this massive, like this massive town that's abandoned and Jughead standing there alone. Mm -hmm. Archie in this massive, like there was a lot of like big imagery. Uh, I, I think that really goes a long way to make it feel like a separate place. Yeah. Uh, in addition, you know, not having them in the familiar sets or around the familiar uh-huh. exteriors. But they shot it just Even slightly though, like, differently. Yeah, logically, it's probably just two miles west yeah. of the regular exteriors. But <laughs> Yeah, it was just like slightly different enough. Mm-hmm. But speaking of uh, uh, Vancouver production schedules. Yeah. There's something I need to point out to people. It's It's been bugging me. And now that I think we're past it. I need to ask the question, Uh are Riverdale and Arrow the same show (laughs) this year? Are they the same show? That's a good question. (laughs) 
C.S. Arrow is another uh, comic book adaptation covering the following uh, a version of the tale of Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow. Uh, also a CW show. A CW show from the Berlanti Company shot in Vancouver. The, the similarities generally end there, except this <laughs> year, both shows... Spoilers, if you're not watching it. Yeah. Uh, both shows this year, their main characters start the season in prison uh-huh. after pleading guilty to, uh, in part, absolve their sins and, in part, protect their loved ones. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They both are released from prison by the court in episode six of their respective shows. Oh. <laughs> the same amount of time they spend in jail. Yeah. They both participate in deadly prisoner-on-prisoner fights. Yep. And, and not just, you know, the, the usual action you might expect on Arrow. Ollie does break in on a fight club with, with bedding and, and yeah. spectators yeah. and everything. Yes. Both get help from the black-haired daughters of their enemies. <laughs> Veronica and Talia al Ghul, respectively. Yeah. Yes. Uh, both of their final escapes come with the aid of a hyper-muscular black inmate they've made friends with. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, both are betrayed. Betrayed by the closest friend they have inside. Dang. It's too much. It's just, <laughs> like, I, I try not to lose things that you would expect from any given, you know prison story like yes both of their significant others are trying to spring them obviously uh-huh. both of them have uh, uh guards abs, abs and, <laughs> and guards that dehumanize them obviously but some of these things i really have to wonder yeah are, they're like hey we wrote the script great just make two copies are, are the writers rooms like sharing lunch sometimes hanging out at the water cooler it's <laughs> a good question i, I have to know Anyway, I, I do think Mad Dog could beat up Bronze Tiger. That, I, I'm i putting it out there. Yeah. Yes. Put okay. him on the Suicide Squad. Okay. All right, but, but before I drive myself wild with, like, a, a murder board and, and the, <laughs> the Tommy Westfall diagram. Oh, don't lie. We already have that across our wall. <laughs> uh, I am going to... Uh, cast a different sort of speculation and start talking about predictions. Ooh, you have a prediction? Uh, I'm going to start really tame before just ramping up okay. and kicking it into high gear. Claudius is now operating under the, the Sugar Man alias. Uh-huh. I mean, he's he's obviously running the, the Fizzle Rocks uh, and is responsible for, for their synthesization, the, the current gen recipe. Okay. So my thing is kind of a callback. I think I said something about how, like, they're making drugs out of maple syrup. Not like there's drugs in, like, hidden. It's literally they're using maple syrup. Yeah. So I'm I'm going with this idea, Sugar Man type stuff. But it's legit, like, they're using the syrup as, like, the sweetener to make the candy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, like, dealing drugs, too. Yeah, well, but, obviously. you know, but, like... The, the sugar in the Fizzle Rocks is maple sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're, like, you know, crossing our thing here. So, like... Okay. They were involved all along with this. This isn't, like, a new involvement. Always involved making the drugs. Okay. Even since way back when, when Clifford was still alive, making mm-hmm. the drugs. 
since then, all that. <laughs> uh, okay, you want me to kick it up a notch? Okay. All right. Some more kids are going to get sent to the uh, sisters, mm-hmm. and they, before they get totally brainwashed, are going to shake Betty out of it. They're going to remind her of her old self, wake her up to reality again. She's Betty needs an assist. Yeah. And I would say, oh, this is a natural way to use Midge. That would be perfect. But wait, you went and ruined that, didn't you? <laughs> We're never going to see Midge again. <sighs> I mean, maybe Veronica, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> Okay, so for a hot second, I thought that the girl being dragged out the Gargoyle King Chamber crying that Betty saw. Yeah. And I, I think this was just my brain. For a second, I thought it was Farm Girl. But my prediction is Hiram sends Farm Girl to the sisters for lying to him about Archie. Lori, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. He sends her. (laughs) And then Betty meets her. Oh. You must be the Betty I've heard so much about during during shaving time. Well, like she won't know, but eventually like they becomes friends or like team up or something to try to get out. Yeah. And then they eventually find this all out. Isn't there, like, supposed to be a Sisters of Quiet Mercy, but for, like, boys and other gay conversion stuff that Kevin talked about? Maybe, but I think you might be thinking of all the snakes in the forest talking about that that co-ed dance they had. When Kevin, like, helped bust Cheryl out? Well, he knows how to bust out of there, which would imply that they also do conversion therapy for boys. But now that we're on the inside, we haven't seen any boys. Yeah, well, that's why I'm like, is there a boy place <laughs> is there like another version of this darling did, did you uh recognize uh Lori at all she looked familiar oh wait i heard about this she's like elvis presley's granddaughter she is she is and you might recognize her as one of the wives from mad max fury road ah she played capable i don't know which one that was i know they all had names but i don't know what name belonged to which one they never really used them uh, much. No. I know the one girl was Zoe Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. She was the, the bright red-haired one who, who got together with Nux. Oh, okay. Looking at her face, I see it, but like you would never think that because of the hair color and everything. <laughs> you would never put that together. Um, so there you go. Yeah. She's apparently a huge Riverdale fan and just like wanted the part as a fan. And so she got it. What? I want a part as a fan. What the hell? I mean, she's also a SAG member who is in Mad Max and is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley. So? (laughs) I make the best Riverdale recap podcast. You got that right. All right. I got a prediction for you. Archie will become a folk hero, like like unto Johnny Appleseed. He'll have songs about him? Known for walking across America to heal family farms across this great land. Yeah. Yeah, pe- people will sit around the, the bonfire and say things like, we, we kept our land from the bank thanks to the dumbest boy alive. Archie Dipshit, <laughs> they called him. I predict and hope. Like, Archie was really dumb in this episode. Like, I want to fight Hiram. And Jughead's like, my God. Like, no, I'm trying to keep you alive. Yeah. I predict that there'll be something else like this that will be like a breaking point for Jughead. Mm Mm-hmm. And it'd be nice if it was also him, like, dealing with Joaquin. Yeah. And, like, ripping Archie a new one about, like, 
don't you see what like I'm doing mm-hmm. or like what we're mm-hmm. trying to do? Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying, you know, something like that. Like I'm trying yeah. to protect you and you're just like trying to do everything to get yourself killed. What One of those uh, scenes people love to do where in a very heightened emotional moment, uh, Jughead accidentally calls someone Joaquin because he's he's feeling the feelings. Yeah, but not that because that'd be a little cheesy. Ah, I, but, love, I love the cheesy. But I, you know, like the, that's the type of like scene we haven't really had between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a really long time like that type of big emotional thing and i feel like okay it'd be a good opportunity for something like oh, that. oh no 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 jughead calls archie boy <gasps> as, as he assumes the fatherly role uh, yes <laughs> he slams the door shouts boy and then like crawls into a small into like a chicken coop yeah and, and locks the, the door so he can be a good dad handcuffs him to himself (laughs) so he can't get away (laughs) well let's talk about what we know is going to happen then our next episode is called contagion uh this is a reference to a 1995 dustin hoffman uh kevin spacey uh uh morgan freeman film about you know a, a contagion about a a fictionalized virus that's even worse than ebola right Uh, fun fact about that movie, it stars a, a capuchin monkey, and they cast the same monkey that played Marcel on Friends. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, what we know is there's going to be a contagion at Riverdale High, <laughs> and Riverdale High has to get shut down, and there's, like, Just contagion seizures. squads. There, people are falling, like, like we see a pile of, of uh, like, eight or more kids. The entire river vixens are down simultaneously. and And then there's... Like this fear of contagion. Yeah, uh, uh, people in blue hazmat suits are injecting teens as they walk by. Uh, Gladys and Jellybean will appear. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was all ready to yell it and be excited. You took away my steam. Steam them up. Get steamy. Jellybean's going to arrive. There we go. And Mama. And Mama. And Mama Jones. But I'm really excited. Cheryl is going to recruit the Razzi for war by climbing on a chair. War against the contagion? Against somebody. Climbing on a chair, stamping her booted foot in front of them as they all get to look up her skirt. It won't work on Kevin, but the rest of them seem enthused. Yeah. Yeah. I am very excited about Jelly Bean and Mama Jones. Yes. Though I have one issue with Jellybee. We're already talking that this is our post-spoiler warning thing. I'm excited for the casting of Gladys Jones. Uh Gina Gershon. Yeah. Amazing. Perfect. So my my only thing that I'm upset about is they didn't dye Jellybean's hair. (laughs) Because that picture, that picture of when they're younger, Mm -hmm. she has black hair just like Jughead. And the girls they cast, who seems very great from the little bit I've seen, they let her keep her blonde hair. And it bugs the hell out of me. Maybe Jelly Bean bleaches. That's not bleached color. She bleaches and then dyes it to a more natural blonde. Maybe they're in some sort of witness protection. They're hiding from the serpents. 
Because as we all know, the serpents have chapters everywhere. But like... They're limited to Riverdale. knows exactly where she is. They're limited to Riverdale in exactly the same way that G&G is. He's like threatened to go to them like five times with Jughead. But he never give them up to the rest of the gang. I don't know about that. (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. Anyway, that is another episode from us. There is one episode left. Yes. In the calendar year 2018. Yes, there is. The the true mid-season finale, even though we had one that pretty much felt like one, coming in seven days. Yes. In the meantime, please give us a follow at sex underscore Archie on Twitter. We have some fun there. And uh, it's the only place you can talk about butts on the internet anymore. What the fuck is happening? Is that the whole Tumblr thing? Facebook also put out a new terms of service. You cannot talk about your butt. So I can't say I fell on my butt? A lot of people are going to get banned this winter for, like, (laughs) slipping on ice. (laughs) Literally saying I'm gay is against the uh, Facebook terms of service now. Fuck you, Facebook. You know what? Butts. Butts, 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 and gay. Yeah. (laughs) All the gays and all the butts. Mm-hmm. Everyone should show their butt. Everyone Take should that, show their butt. Facebook. Everybody, put your butt on Facebook. I'm just gonna start like. Don't leaving. put pictures of your butts on Facebook. <laughs> go. Just keep doing status updates of butt. Go to Silicon Valley, find their servers, put your butt <laughs> on Facebook. Just rub it around, <laughs> see what they do. Probably call the cops. In other news, it would be great if we got some ratings and reviews on iTunes. It would. It would. Just before uh, we started recording, we we read some of our more uh, recent ones, and they were very kind. Yeah. We don't get a lot of feedback on the show. I get it. It's fine. But I I love it any way it comes, which is why I encourage reviews and, yes, social media engagement. I like that the longer we've done this, the more people know how to spell my name. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That is true. The statistics have gone way up for it. (laughs) (laughs) You can also tell a friend, share the word. Uh, Word of mouth is the only reason people know our show exists. Yeah. We we don't advertise any way at all. It's, It's all on you. And we thank you so much for it. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. You know, tell those friends like, hey, listen to this podcast where they chanted... Butts, 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 Gay butts. Gay and or butts. Sometimes gay butts. Who knows? They're all good. Cheryl's got a gay butt. We love her. Yeah. Butts are good. Gay butts are whatever. I don't know. I'm so tired. My face hurts. Oh, fuck you, Facebook. Somebody here needs to drink a lot of fluids and go to bed. I need some drugs. Oh, well, uh, there's a candy <laughs> store down the street. No, there's not. Yes, I am. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to do the wrap up myself. I'm Grant. I'm Elena. And from us here at Sex Archie. My warrior board. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down with your Sugar. Oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me. And you got me. And you got me.
Please. 